0: been talking about men and women of faith, and we've been in this series, you know, a lot of people, I had somebody tell me, yeah, I, I do a three-week series, and then, you know, I did a four-week series one time, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm on week 16 of our series, so we have this series of all series going, but it's a hall of faith, we've talked about a lot of different people that, that the, the Bible talks about as men and women of faith. And when we really look at these, and if you want to get caught up on some of them, you could, they're online, you can go back and listen to them. But these are ordinary people. These are just regular ordinary people that did some amazing things because they believed God. And they were also people that, that were human. If you, if you remember Sarah, when we talked about Sarah, Sarah was told she was going to have a baby. She's 90 years old. She laughed at God. She laughed like, yeah, okay, whatever, saying there's no way. But what happened? She had a baby. And then at the end of that, she laughed out of joy because what she didn't think could ever happen, happened. And what I want us to understand in this journey of faith, there's going to be times when you're believing God for something and you don't see it or you don't think it's going to happen. And you you kind of inside, you kind of like, yeah, okay. But it's just like, well, we still haven't seen it. We still haven't seen it. I'm just telling you, you can never give up on the promises of God. You can never give up. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to give up. Plenty of opportunities. But, I'm, but we need to continue to believe that, you know what, just because at moments we doubt, listen, Sarah had that moment, and she's in the hall of faith. Okay, so we don't beat yourself up because you have moments where you get discouraged. Don't get down on yourself because you had a bad day. Just pick yourself back up. You know what, yesterday was rough. But His mercies are new every morning. I'm going to try again today. Right? Because we we tend to think, and this is where we got to be careful when we're talking about faith. We tend to think that faith is only saying all the positive things. and, And I can't say anything negative. Listen, if you struggle, sometimes being able to acknowledge I'm struggling helps you to put your focus back where it should be. And sometimes we feel like it, something's wrong with us if we have those moments. But remember, we talked about this before, but remember when the guy said, when Jesus says, do you believe I can heal your son? And he said, I believe, right? He said, I do believe. You remember that? What did he say after that? Help me with my unbelief. I was like, wait a minute. So you believe, but you don't, don't, but you don't believe. You know what he was saying is like, I want to believe. I mean, I do believe, but there's still part of me that's struggling, and you know what? Can we be honest? Have we, don't we get there sometimes? I mean, let's just be real. I love to say I I don't struggle, man. Bless God if He says that I believe it. That's it. But there's times I say, God, I believe it, but right now I I there's part of me that's wondering, right? Without feeling beat up or like we have no faith. And listen, we we continue to walk this journey out with God, and those those times of unbelief, those times of of concern. You know what? They'll get less and less, but we'll understand how we process when we have those times. Paul said in Romans seven, I do what I don't want to do. And then I don't want to do this and I do it. So Paul's being real. The apostle Paul, he's saying, there's things I don't want to do and I do it. What if you were Paul's pastor? Paul, now that's enough. (laughs) Knock it off. That's not the answer. Paul went on to say what the answer is. He said, the answer is Jesus. That's, the that's what it says at the end of that chapter. So we just I just want you to know as we're going through this series that I hope you can just find a place that you can connect in this faith walk to say even though I don't always do it perfect, I can walk by faith and I can figure this thing out. Hebrews 1 says uh, that faith is a substance of things hoped for. Substance is part of the word. If you're looking at the word substance in the Greek, that word is the same root word that, that's used in uh, Hebrews one three, when it talks about the very person of Jesus. So what we're this whole series is about not having faith for something, but having faith in someone. There's a difference. You know, I've heard people say, "Man, I have faith that, that I have faith that this will happen. I have faith I'll be healed. Good. But your faith is in the healer. That's the only way healing is going to come. You can have faith believing for healing all day long, but who are you believing for, and what are you believing for? If you have your faith in God, God's the one that's the healer. You have faith for provision, well, if it doesn't happen the way you think, then you're going to think your faith is messed up. But if your faith is in God, then you let him provide for you however he wants because he's the provider, not you. So there's a lot of things that this this is helping us to understand. Hebrews 11.6 says about faith, you can't please God without it. So if you can't please God without faith, guess what you're going to have to walk by? Faith. How many just love walking by faith? Appreciate your honesty. Because a lot of you looked straight down when I made that comment. How many love walking by faith? <laughs> you know why? Because faith means you don't see it. And it's so much easier to walk when you see it. So much easier if you know exactly what's going to happen every step of the way. It's so much easier to walk by faith. But if you have to take steps when you're not sure, and you know, God says, listen, you know, you're going to get here. I'll never forget one time I was in Nicaragua. I was on a missions trip, and we're, we're helping out at this orphanage. There's kids everywhere. We're playing basketball with them, playing baseball with them. We're just having a blast. But when the bus leaves to go back to the church that we were meeting at, all these kids, they try to run and they try to jump on the bus on the back because uh, they want to go with us. They want us to bring them back to where we're at. Some of them want us to bring them back to America. To the United States. So so my job, because I was the biggest, my job was to stand back there as the bus drives away and and literally push the kids back and then run up, jump on the bus and then we leave. That way the kids wouldn't be on the bus. I could keep them back. Well, this one particular day, uh, there's a lot of kids and I'm nicely pushing little children, little orphans, get down, get down. Get down, God bless you. Get down. Get down. I mean, that's that's Pastor Scott had his finest. So I'm I'm pushing these kids. You think, man, that other illustration, he's a violent man. I'm not, I promise. Um, but I'm getting all these people away, and then I turn around to run to the bus and it's gone. And I'm like, I have no idea where I am. I'm in Nicaragua. I don't have a phone to just say, okay, back to the church. Like I don't know how to get back. It was dirt roads and back roads all the way back to the church. So I kind of wait. Like, surely they know one of the pastors is not on the bus. And they didn't. They were gone. And my faith self got scared. And I was like, all right. I'm stuck. I I can't speak. They're, I can't speak, I don't know any Spanish. I can't communicate with them. I can't write anything down. I don't have Google Translate. I got nothing. So I started walking down where I know the bus started, thinking maybe it just is around the corner, and it's gone. And this anger started rising up against my fellow pastors that were on the bus. Then I realized I got to figure something out. So, you know what I did? Again, I, I know these illustrations are a little weird. There was a, follow me with this, don't get mad at me when I tell you this. There's a little boy on a bike. Listen, listen, I, let me tell you the story. All right? I went up to him, I was like, I, I need your bike. And he's like, I said, oh, no, I, your bike, one way or the other, I'm getting your bike. I'm in Nicaragua by myself. You got friends and family around. So literally, somehow he gets off the bike. I get on the bike, and he gets on the handlebars. Remember that movie? Anybody anybody older watch E.T.? All right, you remember when E.T.'s on the handlebars, right? They're riding. Okay, this guy is on the handlebars. I'm riding with him on the handlebars, and I turn down the road that the bus went down, and I'm just hoping when I get down there I see something. And I start riding, I realize I have no clue where I'm going. So then this guy comes out, big old guy, no shirt. He's just standing in the road. And I was like, oh, no. This is probably his son. (laughs) I took his bike. So I'm getting all nervous. Well, anyway, I go up to him, and he's just looking at me, and I'm like, okay. Uh, And for those who know Spanish, this might be destroying it, but this guy knew what I said. I was like, ¿Dónde esta iglesia cuatro? Because it's a four-square church, right? So I'm like, cuatro iglesia, and he's like, oh, uh, iglesia cuando or something. I forget what he says. And I'm like, (laughs) "See, close enough for me. So here's what he does. He says, Come on. And he starts running. And, and, and I was a little heavier then, too. So I'm like, uh, I'm going to stay on the bike. So I, I follow him on the bike. And he turns down this road. He turns down this other road. Turns down this other road. And I'm like, I'm trusting that he's taking me to the church. And then he finally turns this other road. And I see the yellow bus. And I'm like, Thank you, Jesus. I get off the bus, I give those guys, which I gave them some money, not thinking American money probably doesn't do a whole lot. But it was, they could exchange it. And it was actually, they were quite excited. Um, And then I went inside, and I went straight to my fellow pastors. And we had a nice little conversation. Um, But here's what happened. This is why I told you the story. All for this one reason. There came a point where I had to trust that this guy was taking me somewhere. And in your walk of faith, I'm just going to tell you, there's times in your life you're going to have to trust God that he's taking you somewhere. And when you don't see your journey and you don't see the destination and you don't see where it is that you want to end up, you're going to have to trust him that on this road, he's taking you somewhere. And on that road, there's going to be some difficulties. And on that road, you're going to have the thoughts I had like, I hope I'm going the right way. I hope this really works. And if we'll go that direction and just follow God, you'll have that feeling at some point that I had when I saw that bus, like he actually took me to this place. I'm just going to tell you, if you'll walk by faith, you're going to find out that God will actually take you to that place he talks about, to that place he's spoken to you. He'll take you there. I promise you. But you're going to have to trust them. You're going to have to decide, I'm going to walk by faith. It's going to take that. All right. Now, uh, let's look at verse 30 of Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. This is what we're talking about today. This is the the passage in the hall of faith. We're talking about the people of Israel, that they marched around Jericho, for seven days, and then the walls came down. The Lord told them that they were going to, that Jericho was going to belong to them. Now, just to fill you in, if hindsight, remember, then Moses went through the Red Sea. They were going to the Promised Land. Then they get to this place in Canaan where they send two spies, or 12 spies, into the land. Okay, so these 12 spies go in. Joshua and Caleb were two of them. Joshua and Caleb come out and says, yeah, we, there's a lot of good stuff in there. We got this. The other two say these people are like giants, we're like grasshoppers to them, there's no way, and they came out with a whole different perspective. So you have one, two people that go in saying, we got this, and ten that come out and say, no way. So the people get all frustrated and grumbled, and they end up wandering in the wilderness and not getting into the promised land. And, and so this is where this, all this stuff happens in the past, and we're going to continue to go through this some more next week because we're going to be talking about Rahab next week. But So the bottom line is this what happens. Now, fast forward later on, now they're coming to uh, Jericho and they're going to come. And now now this is where God begins to speak to Joshua about taking down Jericho and how this is going to happen because Joshua is leading the people of Israel now and going to be leading them into the promised land. So here's where it says, that the people of Israel marched around Jericho seven days and the walls came crashing down. I know I told that other stuff really quick, but we'll get to that next week. All right, now Joshua chapter 6 is where this story, story goes, and, and we're going to read it uh, pretty quick. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Joshua and uh, chapter 6, and we're going to go through this story. Starts in verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, its king, and all of its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk around ahead of the ark and carry a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest, with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priest and, and said, take, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it carrying, uh, carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town. The armed men will lead away in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. The ark, the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark, with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Don't even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. Imagine that. Walk around quietly. Some of y'all are like, hey, that's a good rule around the house. <laughs> hey, kids, you want to be like Joshua? <laughs> Walk around quietly. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, and then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once a day. Then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with rams' horns marched in front of the ark of the, of the Lord, blowing their horns. And the armed men marched in front of the priests with horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day again, they marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, the priests sounded a long blast on their horns. Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. We'll talk about her next week. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought to his treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, Keep your promise, go to the prostitute's house and bring her out, along with her family. The men who had had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brother, and all the relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, and her relatives who were with her in the house because she was hidden, because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent into Jericho. And she, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho. The cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. And the cost of his youngest son will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua and his reputation sped, spread throughout the land. All right. Quite a story, huh? I told somebody this week that we were talking about that, and they were like, are we going to march around? I'm like, no. We want our walls to stay up, uh, especially as winter approaches. Um, but listen, this story, there's some things we're going to talk about in this story. And I want, you, I want us to talk about this whole idea because this is the, the theme of, of, of our um, series is faith. We're walking by faith. And it says the people of Israel, by faith, they walked around the wall. So they there was something in them that believed that if they would be obedient, something would happen. It was by faith. Now, let's, let's go through this because I want to I just hit this, and I'm going to point these things out in the story as we go through it. But it starts with this. Faith starts with God. Now, I didn't read this part, but look in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. This when Joshua was just walking around. He says he was near the town of Jericho. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The Lord said, The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Listen, this is where it all starts. We have to to understand that everything starts with God. Joshua, before all this stuff goes on, he has this encounter with the commander of the Lord's army. He has this, this interaction with heaven, with God, with the commander of the Lord's army who says, Listen, this, this place is holy. You can't even look at me as friend or foe. Okay, I, we, I just, you have to know I am the commander. He says it. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. This place right here is holy. And I want to tell you before anything, before we went through any of these people, the first thing we talked about in Hebrews 1, 11, 1, is that faith, our faith is in God. If your faith is not in God, then you're not going to experience the thing God has for you. You can't put your faith in people. You can't put your faith in a pastor. You can't put your faith in your family, in your grandma, in your aunt, in your sister. You've got, you got to have faith in God. Now look at Mark 11, this passage in Mark 11:22, Jesus said to the disciples, have faith where? Right. Not have faith to believe, have faith in God. That's, if Jesus says it to the disciples, I guarantee you if Jesus was here in the flesh, he would look at every one of us and said, if you want to know the key for life for you, it's have faith in God. Because look at the world we live in today. That's man's way of trying to have some sort of peace. And we are jacked up as a nation and as a world. You know what we need for us? You know where our peace is going to come from? Not from the news. Not from the White House. Not from the governor's mansion. Not from the mayor's office. You know where peace is going to come from? God, the Prince of Peace. You know where joy is going to come from? God. You know where strength is going to come from? God. So if you have your faith in God, guess what you have access to? Joy, peace, all that stuff. Miraculous. You have it because you're connected to God. Your faith has to be in God. What else? Look, look, look at, look at uh, Joshua 6, 1 through 5. We won't read this, but faith believes God. This is what it was said in, in Joshua 6. Remember what God said? He said, listen, I have given you Jericho. It's kings, it's people, all of it. It's strong warriors. He said it. I've given it to you. Now, he says that before Joshua, before the walls come down. So Joshua hasn't actually, tangibly doesn't have it, but to God, he already has it. God says, I've already taken care of it. I've given you Jericho. You're going you're to get this. Okay? I've given it to you. So this is what faith does. It believes God. If God says, I've given it to you, guess what he's given to you? He has. So let me ask you, let's look at just a couple things real quick. What does the Bible, what does God say he'll give you? He says he'll give you peace. He'll give you what? Yeah. When you acknowledge the Lord and everything, he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you acknowledge him, guess what? Your heart's desires become his, and that's why you get that because you're actually desiring what He desires, because you're connected to Him. So all this stuff that He gives He gives us peace. He, remember Isaiah 26.3, I will keep you, this is God talking, I will keep you in perfect peace if your eyes are fixed on me. If you have faith in me, I'll keep you at peace. He didn't say, hey, I'll give you a little peace now and then just to, you know, just to help you. Start struggling, here you go, have a little peace. Like we're just animals He feeds whenever. No, you know what he says? Look, I'll keep you there. You will be at peace every day of your life if your eyes are on me. Stay focused. Stay focused on God. All right, look at 1 Thessalonians two thirteen about believing God. We never stop thinking, God, that when you received the message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. We have to believe the word of God. It's the truth. It works. We have to put our faith in God. And faith will believe God. You know why? Because when you have faith in God, he's your focus. He's the one you're seeking. He's who you're hanging out with. And when that happens, you're going to know he never lies. You can trust him. You can believe what he says because he's a God that does not lie. John 20, verse 31. But these are written in the word that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name, by believing that he is who he is. We have to be people that decide right up front, I'm going to put my faith in God, and the more I connect with God, and the more I abide in him, the more I'm going to believe what he says. And I won't have as much doubt in my life. I won't have as much struggle. I'm still going to go through stuff, but I'm going to know that the God I serve is with me. And he's going to help me. And that's what we're talking about. What else does faith do? Faith obeys. If you look at Joshua 6, you see uh, in verse 6 all the way through verse 19, he actually does what the Lord says. He gets all the priests together, the ark of the Lord. He does everything, and he marches around Jericho, one time every day for six days, and the seventh day he marched around seven times. He was obedient. Now, one thing that I find um, humorous is that he told everybody to be quiet. Just, just be quiet. Imagine being part of the group. You're all excited, you know. Hey, man, we're walking around the wall. And Josh's like, shh, not a word. Quiet time. Why? Like, can I just like, hey, this is you know, You know they would be talking if he didn't say that. What do you, what I, this is just me. It doesn't say this in the scripture. I think sometimes the reason why we need to be quiet, not, not to not be real, but there's a time that you start on a journey, and if you're not careful, people can discourage you pretty quick. Can you imagine walking and somebody saying, "Man, we got to do this twelve more times, dude." You know how far this is. Oh yeah, like the walls are really gonna fall. Me go, ah! yeah, it's really gonna fall. I've screamed a lot, and the no walls in my house. Well, I mean, you know how much stuff there could be. Now, the difference between what I was saying earlier and now is, you need to be able to be real about what you're feeling. And express, this is where I struggle. You know, I'm I'm having a hard time today. Can you pray for me? We got to be real. The other side of it is we can't be those who continue to question God's word. And when someone comes to us, we're like, yeah, I have no idea. It might work, might not. Good luck. We got to be people that encourage one another in the things of the Lord. In other words, it says, hey, you just keep going. If that's what God said, you keep going. Don't give up. I've had people come to me and say, hey, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. And I, I, there's been times I didn't really even agree. I said, man, I, I wouldn't do that, but I will tell you this. If God is telling you, you need to do it. When God told us to leave our jobs and come out and just see what he wants to do, there's people that said, you ought to have a little more information. But I knew. But I did have people that also said, you got to be obedient. So we have to make sure that we're not those people that when someone comes to us that we, you know, we get down there with them, right? We want to lift people up. Okay, we don't want to be, and I say this a lot, but you don't want to be the, thermo, the, the ther- thermometer that adjusts to whatever surroundings are. If it's eighty degrees, it just goes to 80. You want to be the thermostat that sets the tone and the room adjusts to that. In other words, I know who I am. I know what God says. And if you hang around with me, this is, this is where we are. And that's how God wants wants us to be, people that believe God at his word and then obey him. Uh, Look what it says in Acts 5.29. Peter and the apostles say this, we must obey God rather than human authority. The Bible talks a lot about obeying those in authority, and it's true. You have to obey those in authority. But when it comes to God and authority, God wins. God wins. We must obey God. Matthew five, I mean Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Now, this isn't saying that it's about performance. This is saying if you're connected to God, you're naturally going to do the things that God wants you to do. You're, you're going to want to please the, the God that you serve. You're going to want to do that. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean there's going to be times where we struggle. But the bottom line is you're... Your connection to God will show itself through fruit in your life. And at some point, we have to realize there's things that as we get closer to God, our life should be changing. And if it's not, then you need to get a little closer. You need to spend a little more time with God because He will change you for the good. Joshua 22, verse 5, But be very careful to obey all the commands and instructions, that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, obey His commands, hold firmly to Him, and serve Him with all of your heart and all of your soul. So there, here it is again. That you know We have to give everything to God and obey whatever He asks us to do, even if it's weird. Listen, of all the ways to take down walls that are probably 50 foot high and thick, they were built for the purpose of keeping people out. It wasn't like Little chain link fence. These were big walls to keep people out, keep people from going out, keep people from coming in. The last thing, if you just without God and you were sitting around with some strategic people, how can we take them walls out? I got an idea. Let's walk around, make a lot of noise. Next, anybody else? Anybody else got an idea? That's ridiculous. But that's exactly. That's exactly what took the walls down because God's way was different. And they walked by faith and they were just obedient to what he said. It involves patience. Hebrews 6.12 says, faith and patience is what inherits the promise. It's because of their faith and their endurance that the promises of God come to pass. There's been things that God spoke to me that I still haven't seen the full manifestation in my life. But the journey I'm on, I know it's leading there. I know it is. And I can enjoy the journey even though I haven't seen it all because I know when I get there, I'm going to see that bus. I'm like, you know, it was a long journey, but I got here. I see it, the faithfulness of God along the journey and the provision of God at the end. You'll see it, I promise you. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Amen? That's good stuff right there. What about this one? Be patient in trouble. Change that to traffic. How does that work for you? Be patient. Be patient in trouble. When you're going through difficulty, we want, man, we want out so fast. We just like, we and, and that's why we jump in because we think, God, you're, you're a little slow. I got this. And you know what we do? We cause more trouble. And we mess it up. We don't learn what God's trying to teach us. We don't experience anything about trusting God because we don't like to walk by faith. So we want to fix it. If you're, in a, if you're in trouble, you're in a journey, I'm telling you, stay patient because, listen, your promise is there. You're going to see it, but you've got to be patient. Nothing happens fast. We don't do that in the natural. Go out there and plant some seeds, for tomato seeds, and they come out an hour later. They're coming. It. It's ridiculous. I planted those an hour ago. We don't do that, but spiritually, that's what we do. God, I'm trusting you're going to provide. I knew it. I knew it. You didn't do it. Listen, we got to trust. We got to be patient. We got to be patient. How does patience, how do we walk in patience? Look at this next scripture, Galatians 5.22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace. Say it. Hey, how many love, how many just love patience? What's the sound of that? Just great. It's the only like No, I don't like it. I'm waiting for you to finish so I can go to lunch. Just kind of speed it up a little bit. Right? We don't like it. We got plenty of time for lunch. All right. What else about faith? Faith gets, faith in God, I'm telling you, it gets results. If your faith is in God, there will be results. Can I tell you what happened? As crazy as it sounds to walk, walk around the wall one time every day, imagine people looking at them like, what are they doing? Just walking around. Then they finish. They go back. They're tired. And the next day, can you imagine the seventh day? They're probably a little sore. And the seventh day, remember y'all, seven times today. Oh, jeez. Shh. Not a word. <laughs> Silence until I tell you to shout. Then on that seventh time around, they're probably a little bit tired, but Joshua says, "Let it out." And they start shouting. Can you imagine being part of that group? You start shouting, and you start seeing the walls come down. Could you imagine what everyone experienced? God did it. it and I don't mean this in a lack of belief, because sometimes if we say, I can't believe that, that's a lack of faith. No, sometimes you're like, oh, like, wow, like, <laughs> it worked. Like, he really did it. And sometimes it surprises us because it's so unnatural to just walk around, make some noise, and these huge walls just crumble. But God did it. Because if your faith is in God, can I tell you something about the God we serve that no other religion can say this about their God? Only us. That nothing is impossible for our God. Big Buddha? No, sorry. He's not going to take no walls down. He's not. You know what it is? It's God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the world, who spoke this place into existence. He said, I'll take those walls down. You just walk around and shout when I tell you, and they'll come right down because I've given you that city. That's that's how easy it was. James, uh, Matthew 21, verse, chapter 21, verse 21. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it'll happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you'll receive it. Now, let me tell you, sometimes this, this verse gets twisted to say you can pray for anything, meaning, you know what, God, take them people out. In Jesus' name, they done got on my last nerve. All right? That's not what I'm talking about. You will not have that. Because the Bible says in 1 John, when you pray and you pray according to his will, according to his word, you have what you pray for. So if you have faith in God, you're not going to pray for things that please you because your faith not in you. Your faith is in God. Have faith in God. Then you can pray for the things that you need and you will receive it because you're praying according to his will because that's where your faith is. Follow that? All right. Now I need to repeat it. You got it. Let's go, James 1, verse 6 and 7. When you you ask him, when you pray to him, be sure your faith is in God alone, nowhere else, just in God and in God alone. Do not waver for a person divided. Loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. If your faith is in anything but God alone, you shouldn't expect to see anything. Your faith must be in God, period. And then here's the last thing. Faith knows that God is with us. In the last verse of that, it says, in verse 27, if we pull that up there, this is what the last verse of um, Joshua says. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his reputation spread throughout the land. Listen, the Lord was with him. Can I tell you how this journey of faith, sometimes when you have a wall in front of you, and you're not seeing it all come down the way you want, you just have to be faithful. You have to stay faithful. God will do the work. But you have to know this, Isaiah 41:10. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, don't be discouraged because I'm your God. I'll strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my right victorious hand. Let's go to the next verse. This is my command be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you. And then Hebrews don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. But God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. Can I just break this down for you today? We all have walls. We all have things in our life. We all have stuff that we're trusting God for. And I promise you, if you'll put your faith in God, he'll speak to you. And when he does, if you'll believe what he says and act on it, you will see, you will see it come to pass. And you walk in patience and you know That you got to do what Galatians 6 9 says, and don't get weary in doing the right thing. Because in due time, you're going to reap a harvest. But you can't give up. You cannot give up. And we live in a world that's so quick to give up. We live in a society that's so quick. If we don't see it like that, we're done. And I just want to encourage you. That's not how God works. There's a journey God's taking you on. He's there every step of the way. But you will see. You will see the plans of God come to fruition in your life. Just don't give up. The challenge, the challenge in that is that whole faith side that doesn't see it. So just go because God says go. Just go because that's what he says. Don't don't let anything get you off, off track. God, I'm facing a mountain. I'm facing walls. And what do I do? You be faithful. You be faithful. And you will see fruitful.